This podcast is brought to you by TeamTrade, a digital solution that helps you hire, optimize, and retain employees. Using psychometric assessments to identify more than 100 professional mindset traits, it gives instant reports you can use to build high-performing teams. Get two free profiles today, no commitment, no credit card required, at teamtrait.com. Team, T-R-A-I-T dot Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. When they measure a new president, Lee, they always say, well, here's what he did his first 100 days in office. 100 days seems to be a popular measurement, and our guest today has something to say about that measurement with new employees. Yeah, there's there's things that an employee should be doing in the first 100 days uh, to have success in a new organization. Most importantly, there's things that a manager needs to do in that first 100 days and to set that new employee up for success. And that's what we're going to dive into today. Welcome to Manage Smarter, everyone. I'm Audrey Strong, the Vice President of Communications here at SalesFuel. And I'm C. Lee Smith, the CEO and founder of SalesFuel. And we're very pleased to have Mark Reifenrath, the CEO and co-founder of Spinutech with us today. Spinutech is a full-service digital marketing agency, 150 team members across the U.S. In that capacity, he understands firsthand how critical a company's culture is to achieving and maintaining success. And Mark has helped Spinutech grow from a college startup to one of the most premier digital marketing agencies in the country. His secret ingredient, company values that are truly lived, including a commitment to get better every day. And he says he had no turnover the first 10 years of the life of the company. So, Mark, welcome. How the heck did you do that? <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's an honor <laughs> to be here. Uh, we made it 10 years of zero turnover, which is a crazy stat. Uh, fully recognize that. And I think it, a part of that was because we were smaller. We were probably, you know, first 10 years at the highest, maybe 12 people. Uh, so relatively small team. You're, you're in the trenches together. So there is a different camaraderie there that comes with that. But even still, that's a great, great uh, thing that we still pride ourselves. And we still have our first four team members. Uh, so uh, that's kind of a wild stat too. You know, 22 years deep, we've got 170-ish team members as we sit today. And so to have your first four is is a pretty awesome feat as well. Certainly. I mean, they, they, they understand the whole purpose of the company. They understand the salad days and everything like that. And they understand the sacrifice that actually goes into it. And if anything, they may be a little frustrated then that the newer people that are starting out don't understand this, what it means to sacrifice and what, it, what the company actually means and means to other people. Right. I would say they're a good sounding board for me, especially of because they've seen the growth and the changes and, and all that. And so if I have a frustration of why isn't the team hearing this or understanding that they'll remind me like they don't know you like I do. They don't know you like the first 50 people or the so many people did. And and so it's helped me over time to understand the messaging has to change and evolve as a leader to make sure that the size of the team hears you uh, appropriately. So let's just dive into that first 100 days. I mean, like, what are the things that a manager then has to do then to ensure that they're setting up the new employee for success in that in that first 100 days? So the belief of the first 100 days is that that's the most impactful part of their journey as a new team member with us. So when do you create loyalty? When do you create bonds? When do you get the the culture and the DNA of your core values injected into them as quickly as possible? And so that's really where the the thought of that first 100 days was born from. 
And it starts honestly before they start um, with the interview process. How do they, what are the feelings that they have? Is it consistent? Uh, do they have all their equipment before they start? So basically on day one, they've got their equipment, they've got their swag box with their, their spinny tech gear and all that stuff. So they're fired up and ready to go. And then yes, it's a sequence of events that includes their, their manager leader, as well as senior leadership, other team members, there's a cross pollination of training. So they understand who spin tech is and what we do. There's surveys, there's check-ins. I do a handwritten note. There's a pretty uh, set out process that we follow. It's a little bit adaptive dependent on, on the person, but I would say we were doing this before COVID, but now being virtually remote, we, we've kind of gone to a, it's not fully, but we still have offices, but really the majority of our team is working remotely. That makes this even more important because it's harder to build bonds, get that that culture and core values injected into them when we're all doing this over Zoom or or whatever. So uh, this has been a really a secret weapon for us, I would say, as we've grown through COVID and, and, and more re- remote environment. How did you modify the process for the remote setup? How is it different than the way you did it before? Well, we used to onboard almost everybody in an office. So we had to figure out how how are we shipping equipment and making sure, you know, just having that plan of where are we getting it from? How are we getting it? What's the standard package? Because in the office, you kind of pulled stuff together from different desks at times. And so it formalized that a little bit. But then I would say it's a lot more intentionality of what are those meetings? We probably added a few touch bases with different people so that um, where they casually would have met before. Now it's a little bit more scheduled and, and prompted that way. Um, I also say to them, I do one of the big things I do is hopefully on day one, if not week one, is a culture and core values overview. So I sit down with them for an hour and I say, if it's important to me, it should come from me. And I think that's true for any leader. If you're going to talk about your core values, if those are important to you, it should come straight from your mouth. Don't let their leader give their version of it. Not that that's wrong. It's just they need to hear that passion directly from you. And so that's super critical right now as well of, of touching them right uh, on that first day if possible. But then I challenge them to really say, what are you going to do to lean in? You have to lean in. We're, we've got a great program, but you have to lean in just as much as we are to make this work in this environment. So don't be afraid to set up a virtual lunch, a virtual coffee. Just reach out and get to know people. Ask people to hang around an extra five, 10 minutes after a meeting, because we used to do that in the real world, like when you're in an office, right. but now it's Zoom and boom, we're done. We, we all close our windows. And you go right to the next meeting and you're rushing too. So I think there's some forced intentionality of of creating what we used to call casual collisions. Now they need to be intentional collisions. And there's a Philadelphia 76ers sales team. And I think the New Jersey Devils, too, they also sell for, for both teams. They do a common book for, for new hires. And I think there is this leadership and self-deception. Uh, do you have any required reading then for new employees when they join your company? No, we, we are an EOS company. So they are provided a copy of uh, what the heck is EOS. Uh, so uh, EOS are, uh, so it's it's a, a management style that we use. I don't know if they all probably read it to the full extent, but that would be an encouraged one. I, it, I do get asked a lot, you know, what books uh, do I read? And, and so there's a few that I would recommend to them, but we don't, we don't force any of that on as far as the intake. What would you recommend to a new employee? I love, well, so anything Patrick Lencioni, like the five dysfunctions of a team, there's some really just simple ones like that. But personally, I love the go-giver. It's just a, it's a, about a, just a leadership style uh, being very, very giving and, and not expecting anything in return. So I, I really, really like that one. So if it's a hundred days, 
when you get deeper into it, you're approaching, say, 60 and 90 days and then 10 plus 10. What are the ending benchmarks that are where you have touch points? What are the last touch points before you go, okay, 100 days is over? Yeah. So there's there's a survey about every 15 days just to kind of oh, okay. pulse them. So there's a, there's a final one. Um, I do it. It's at six months, but it's a six month check in. So they're kind of mm-hmm. graduated beyond that. It's just and my questions there are really, hey, is it everything we said it was going to be? And if it isn't, I want to know specifically what wasn't. And what those typically turn into is kind of a holy cow. This was exactly what you guys said it was. And I didn't want to believe I didn't think it was possible to be what you guys said it was. Everybody says they have work-life balance. Everybody says they have a great culture. Everybody says they have lived core values. Yeah, right. But holy cow, you guys really do. And so I was doing one of these a couple of weeks ago. And a gentleman on our team, he said, you know, I definitely, I, I remember listening to you go over all that stuff. And I was still kind of like, this all sounds great, but but is it really going to live out, you know, over the course of my first few months? And he said, last week I was doing a meetup with a new team member. And I had this full circle moment where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm saying all these things and promoting all the things that we talked about in the interview and the onboarding process. And I'm a believer and I'm telling him how great it is. And he's like, that was when it kind of connected with me, like, holy cow, it is consistent. It is everything they said. And so those are great moments, but that six month check-in for me is a, is a big moment. And then we really try to move them into just like a, a, a 200 level, a 201 class. What's the ongoing training and development uh, and, and growth plan for them? When do you find, when do you feel like you know if an employee is going to uh, adopt, you know, your culture, your philosophies, your way of doing things, or if they're not going to work out? I would also say that's in the first 100 days. There's, mm-hmm. it, it can be exposed pretty quickly. We, we had a situation actually earlier this year, this individual didn't show up for a couple of those meetings. And I was like, hey, gang, that's a terrible sign. If they're not investing these few, like they have no work right now. So if they're not doing this, what are they doing? And so it didn't work out. It was a pretty quick in and out for, for that individual. And and what was what I will say is great in a lot of those situations is that we don't have to make that decision. Our culture will chew somebody out up and spit them out pretty quickly. Yeah. If they're yeah. Not Self-selection. Yes. Yeah. We have that here. It's 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 amazing. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing and also a weird thing to watch. <laughs> it is, yes. The first time it happened, I was thinking it was our fault. Like, what did we miss? We had two people at, like right at 90 days were out and and I'm like, dang, we missed it on the interview. Like what, what went wrong? And then in reflection, you hear some stories while well, they were, this, this person was on shopping online all day. We could see it. At, this is in the office, but you know, so then you're like, well, that makes me kind of proud. Like the, the team was putting pressure on them behind the scenes and they didn't like that. So they, they beat it, which that's the, the most cost effective way in that scenario for all of us. Well, speaking of that, when I, when we booked you for the show, one of the other topics that you like to talk about is how to attract A players. So let's talk about that. Okay, there were those were a couple that probably weren't, but what, how do you? What's your secret sauce for that? How do you make make the hamburger? <laughs> well, I think the formula has to constantly change, and and especially yeah. as we head into twenty three, you know, the the economy is going to have a little bit of a pinch. So there's going to be some great talent available, but there's also going to be some great A players they're going to hunker down because it's going to feel like a really weird time to change jobs. As crazy as it's been the last couple of years on, on that market, it's going to change. And, and so it's going to get a little bit more difficult. So I think the formula has got to constantly change, but I try to look at it like this, you know, we have to sell ourselves just like we help our clients get leads uh, for whatever they sell or whatever service they do. 
we have to do the same for ourselves, make sure we're promoting Spinutech in the right way as uh, you know, not just a great digital agency, but we're a great employer. We're a great team to be a part of. And here are the, the benefits and the features of, of that and what that looks like. So we do have recruiters internally. We have two people dedicated to that of, you know, hunting down great potential candidates and then really starting conversations to make sure that they are a fit. So there, there are several people on our team that there was a one year, two year conversation before it was the right time for both parties. Wow. But you've That's built a, a relationship and you've gotten to a point where you really do know each other and, and everybody kind of knows what they're getting into. Yeah, actually, I was looking at a, at a study that was done uh, for the third quarter of 2022. Uh, and we'll see how this bears out uh, by the time <laughs> you know, you're listening to this now. Uh, or our, our listenership is listening to this. But only 14% of, of employees say that they're willing to stay in a job that they don't like because of uh, you know, fear of upheaval in economic times. So even I certainly think that with the A players that that know that they're good and know that they're still in demand or whatever that that's going to be a pretty low number. So I still I expect uh, the A players actually to still be very mobile. You know if they don't uh, they don't like the culture where they're at they don't like the results they're getting their ability to make money their ability then to fulfill what's important to them you know from a work relationship or whatever it's like you know the retention's still going to be a struggle there. Right. Right. So what, speaking of that employee, then, let me kind of cross the streams here, which, of course, we know from Ghostbusters, you should never, <laughs> yeah, you should never cross the streams. Come on. <laughs> but, okay, so an A player, what do they do in the first 100 days that a C player doesn't do? Mm. It is always interesting to see somebody that just gets it uh, so quickly. So they're super engaged. They ask questions. They're raising their hand and jumping in. They're They're excited to learn. They're excited to take on work. Uh, they're just kind of going that extra mile. And that doesn't mean, you know, working more than 40 hours. It just means that they're they're being a team player. So we don't say employee, we say team member intentionally mm -hmm. because we want somebody that's part of a team and wants to come and do work, great work with others. That illustrates itself pretty quickly with somebody that's in that category. And, and so it to me, it becomes pretty obvious um, just by their enthusiasm for the way that they attack each day and, and, and week. Mm-hmm. You talk about internal messaging as well. Um, I know you're big on company culture. What's this notion of you have to say a main message point at least seven times to your team before mm -hmm. they actually hear it? Why is yeah. that number seven? Yeah. Let's talk a little <laughs> bit about that. <clears throat> well, I, I think seven is is uh, that's been used, you know, by uh, some thought leaders before. I would say it's probably more in today's world. Seven to because, eleven, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because it's noisier, uh, you know. Personal and work life is blended all together now. So there's just noise in general with all that. But the other thing I would say is in, in these times, I've learned that it's important to say what it is. And you have to say that multiple ways because we all hear it differently. But then it's really super important. And this is this is a big, big thing here. You have to say what it isn't because today's society is quick to fill in the blanks with mm -hmm. not great stuff. So uh, for example, we made the decision to not renew our leases on two of our locations as we move forward in, in Denver and Chicago because our team is not using that space. And so when I announced that, I said, here's what's happening. Here's why we're doing it. And more importantly, here's what it isn't. We're not failing. We're not under stress financially. This is just a reallocation of dollars to be used differently for the team to meet you where you're at today versus absorbing it in an office that none of you are using. They're beautiful spaces, but they just don't get used. So so that we had 
zero questions after that. Everybody's like, makes sense. Okay. And we moved on. And there was no like whispers behind the scene of like, are we in trouble? Are they going to do layoffs? Is this going to be that? Does it mean that? It just put it all to, to bed. So I think the yeah. what it's not is super important right now. Yeah, when there's a vacuum and when there, when there's blanks to be filled in or whatever, then they're free to fill in fill them in with whatever. And yeah, there's that negative that water cooler talk still happens. Now it just happens on, on Slack and Teams now. So yeah. yeah, you're so right about that. What what's interesting is to me is that uh, so many people in communications, you know, the agency world and everything like that. It's like you know, it's the whole cobbler in their own shoes philosophy there where. You know, they're so focused on helping their clients communicate better, where they don't communicate so well themselves. So it's like, you know, what have you guys learned to do different that that other agencies, for example, could could take on and learn to do themselves? Yeah, you're spot on. I mean, we are bad at promoting ourselves and we're bad at, at communications at times internally. So uh, one of the things, you know, we've got an internal newsletter. We've got Slack with a bunch of different channels. We're, we're just actually rolling out an intranet uh, that's going to help with this. When COVID hit, I started to do a weekly video to just address what I was nervous about and what I was excited about. Um, it's evolved today to be more inspirational and just some updates, uh, just a, a way for me to uh, try to communicate with the team once once a week at least. Um, so that's that's been a really good thing. And and then I would say this too, like I'd encourage our leaders to just have more conversations. We're not it, when we have an initiative that we need to get out there. Let's one, decide on what those bullet points are. We can say it our own way, but we've got to get out there and make sure that we're all having conversations. And then it's also asking, what are you concerned about? What's on your mind? And looking for themes, looking for things that we can address as a, a leadership team. Because again, we're in like 28, 29 states from an employment perspective. So we're spread out. It's hard for us to physically get together all at the same time. How are we then finding out these things that might come up over lunch or over a coffee. We've got to force some of these conversations and just create an opportunity for for that that feedback loop. Are you providing them with talking points whenever a certain initiative, for example, you know, that, that you want them to cover, perhaps in their own way, or do you just kind of let them go and do it? So you know, yeah, we would have what we would call like a cascading message. So we would have uh, uh, like maybe three to five bullet points of, you know, we're closing the, we're not gonna renew the leases. Here's a quick why they can take that and kind of expand upon it how they will. But uh, we would try to provide that to the leadership so that they can make sure we're consistent in the things we're covering. That's good. We've got a few minutes left. I have a question about the 100 days, just carrying that thread all the way through. What um the work-life balance flexing that's going on with the employees and the insistence upon it more than in the past and the quiet quitting trend, mm. how are you coping with that in your first 100 days? <laughs> those two things have kind of come roaring up. Yeah, um, so those are scary. And I mean, I, I would say, though, too, those have happened for a long time. The quiet quitting is, is just maybe been labeled a little bit more loudly today and being talked about more. Mm -hmm. I think it's happened for years. So it's it's all about engagement. Are you yeah. are you making sure that your team members engage? Back to those conversations, you know, are they missing deadlines? Are they taking more hours to produce a task than others are? Um, I've heard several stories of people having multiple jobs. This uh, um, overemployed uh, trend, which is also scary. Doing their uh, side hustle during their real, yeah, the, their main hustle. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I think it's, you know, you just got to be a good leader. You, you Here's what I would say. You have to lead the whole person more today than you did before. So 
how we led before the pandemic isn't the way we led during the pandemic. And it's not the way we have to lead to get out of it and move into this new phase. When we started the pandemic, everything got thrown into blender, personal lives, work lives. And so there's no longer this like balance as much as a harmony. And as a leader, that means you're going to deal with some personal stuff to ensure that that person is performing at their highest points. So if you want the best work version, you got to help them be the best personal version too. So, you know, we've tried to address any stress points that we can. So rewind to the fall of uh, um, 21, I think, is when everybody kind of officially went back to school, right? Uh, so we said to everybody, parents, hey, here's the deal. If you have to work from 5.30 to 7.30, then get your kids ready, take them to school, pop back, back on at 9.30, work till 3.30, pick them up, and then, you know, just get your stuff done. As long as you're getting your stuff done, try not to have it influence, like impact your team or our clients and everything's good. So there's some flexibility that I think is going to be worth a lot of points to a, to a, an employee or a team member more than it used to be with that flexibility. And like we're adults, let's hire the right people and trust them to do great work and, and really lead them great. And we can accomplish great things together doing that. Not only does the manager have to manage the whole person, though, the manager also then has to, you know, manage as the whole person, right? <laughs> right. It's like, so if it's the one thing that happened during during COVID, it's like this whole separation is like who I am at work is a totally different person than who I am at home and with my family or something like that, that kind of has, yeah. to some extent has gone out the window, <laughs> which I love. I think is that's yeah. a beautiful thing. It's like, easy, isn't it? <laughs> it is easy. And, and I know in the beginning, like, you know, parents would apologize when a kid would pop onto the camera and I would be like, hey, whoa, 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 no, like, I want to see them. I want to meet them. Like, you know, that's who you are. And I think that creates a different level of bond that I think produces a higher quality of work for us because I know who you are who you are as a parent, who are you, who you are as an individual, just there's, there's a beauty in that, that I think can be embraced and it shouldn't be something we are ashamed of. I always tell the team, I was like, your number one job as a parent, your number one job is a, a son or a daughter or, you know, whatever. Spouse. So it, it's, mm-hmm. it's a, I think we just have to have a little different lens on it. And again, I think we'll get better work out of people if we have that, that view on it. That makes me feel better because I used to hold my breath that my dog wouldn't bark <laughs> in the middle of these tapings. And a couple of times it's happened and I just go, that's the podcast mascot. That's on my- <laughs> no problem now. Thank well, you so much, Mark. It's yes. com. And, uh, you know, if you obviously you're taking new clients because you've got business busting out all over the place. So go through the website to reach you. Absolutely. And I'm very okay. active on LinkedIn as well. So you can find Excellent. me at Mark Reifmath on there and happy to connect. Happy and, 100 yeah, the days, elephant everybody. Is- yeah, the elephant's in the room. I have one last question. What's your handicap? <laughs> I'm currently uh, like a 5.9, a, a 6. Oh, wow. I got to get back out there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, Mark. Thank you so much for your time today. Good stuff. Absolutely. It was fun. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.